Welcome to Epignosis, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. I will be speaking today on a topic I have called resources. Wealth, money, and material possessions. These are things the average person tends to live for. It is said that if you want to know what a person values, check what they spend on. A person's money typically represents their life because the average person lives for that. Why am I saying this? It is because money determines what daily activity of a lot of people will be, where they live, all their time is spent in pursuit of it. Their thought life is dominated by it. That is why it represents their life. So whatever direction their money goes represents where their life is going. For the most part, people do not really have a choice, or at least they think they don't. Modern life seems to demand money just to be alive. Everything demands it. So the pursuit of money is not really an option for most people, but a necessity. As it is presently, the pursuit of money now appears to be the pursuit of life itself. But wait a minute. Christ said in Luke 12:15 that a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. If Christ said this, it must be that the present condition in which we have found ourselves is an illusion made by men. One thing I have come to know in my over 30 years of working with Christ is that you can take his words to the bank. Whatever he says rings true regardless of time and season. Most people have not noticed that the things recorded as direct quotes of Christ, especially those repeated in more than one book of the Gospels, are like the magna carta of holistic success in life and living for all humanity. Christ's words are not just for Jews, Christians, or whoever, not just for religious people. He spoke to humanity of all regions, creeds, and social status. I therefore give special attention to those quotes printed in red in some Bible publications. Though sometimes they are hard to understand, when a person is graced to ingest and digest the spiritual content, it makes them stand taller in understanding and insight for life. He says about his words in John 6.63 that they are spirit and they are life. What I'm trying to say in a nutshell is that if Christ said it, then it must be so. This brings me to the core of this line of thought. I refer to another thing Christ said to his disciples in Matthew 6 from 19 to 21 and it reads, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Verse 20 says, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth, rust doth corrupt, 
and where thieves do not break through to steal. 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Christ here again speaks of a person's relationship with material possessions, saying that we should not place much value on material possessions on earth. Not because it is bad to have an abundance of possessions, but because material things in general are fleeting. They are not bad, but they don't last. They depreciate and they are vulnerable, which will inevitably lead to disappointment in the end. Material things make big promises and deliver little. They never end up being what they promised to be. Your dream car doesn't seem quite the same once you now have it and have driven it for two months. A beautiful house doesn't necessarily constitute a home. Lots of money in the bank will soon be inadequate once your taste rises to the level of that cash and then social responsibilities come knocking. Have you ever noticed that money always seems like a lot until you have it? I have been in situations when I was perfectly happy until I received money that was not quite enough for what I wanted to do. Then my mind becomes dominated by the thought that it should have been more. Material things keep promising happiness but keep raising the bar for its attainment. King Solomon, who is famed to be the richest man who ever lived, went on an expedition of discovery trying to test what it will take for his appetite to be satisfied. In the end, he discovered vanity upon vanity, all is vanity, which in modern mathematical terms translates to zero plus zero equals zero. If the man who had everything in excess tells us that, I think we should believe him. There is actually a scientific basis for that vanity statement of King Solomon. A few weeks ago, I published a podcast titled Tilt the Balance, in which I explained the true nature of all material things. All things physical are made of units called atoms. Each of these microscopic units contain a nucleus, which is made up of protons and neutrons. Then electrons, which are negatively charged, orbit around this nucleus. That's why electricity always has three terminals, the positive, the negative, and the neutral. The amazing thing about the atom is that if its nucleus is about the size of a grain of rice, the distance at which the electrons are orbiting around that nucleus will be about the size of the national stadium. Which means that every atom is actually made up of 99.9999999% of empty space. Absolutely nothing. It's just activity of tiny particles operating in a comparatively large space. The speed of those orbiting electrons makes the atom look solid, just like a moving fan with two blades looks like a disc. Therefore, 
Through the amazing nature of the atom, it has been scientifically proven that all material things are actually made of energy. Vanity, as Solomon said. They only appear solid through activity by the design of the Almighty. I read a book many years ago which said that all material things are mere appearances. None of it is what it seems. The purpose of placing us into this material world is simply to develop our souls through experiences which lead to knowledge. Knowledge is to the soul what food is to the body. We live to know. Everything you experience in this lifetime is meant to make an impact on the development of your soul component, which will continue to exist when our material component dissipates back into the material world from which it was borrowed to make our bodies. Those materials used to make our bodies will still be put to other use after we die. The maggots will have their share once we are buried and they will grow into becoming insects. The trees around where the body is buried will suck ingredients from the decomposing body to grow and then make fruits which will end up inside people and animals alike. That's how the cycle of material life goes, which is why I really feel sorry for those who glorify the body. The part that lives on after your body is gone seems then to be the part that should get our greatest investment. When Christ talks about heaven, he is speaking of the astral habitations in which your soul belongs. Whatever you put in your soul adds to that habitation which makes the condition of your soul more harmonious. This makes it an enduring investment that will continue to yield fruit forever. It can never be stolen. It cannot depreciate. The knowledge you digest will continue to yield fruits forever, but the food you digest will be consumed, burnt out, and passed out. The enjoyment you derive from material things will last only for a brief time. I have had experiences when I was happy in one moment of enjoyment and then sad again in the next moment due to changing circumstances of life. It's not reliable. So let's direct our hearts towards building our soul through enrichment with knowledge. Also consider this. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Whatever we do creates consequences in our lives. Another thing about action is that they always produce intra-dimensional consequences. What I mean is that reactions always happen within the same dimension of the action. For example, a physical slap will produce physical pain but an insult will produce emotional pain. Now, you may feel bad about a slap only because of your understanding of that slap, which means your emotional connection with it is as a result of your thoughts about it. Actions are not just physical, they are also mental. 
A thought is an action in the thought dimension and therefore produces consequences in that dimension. Christ tried to explain these things to people in his day when he spoke of the fact that the thought of adultery, for example, is higher than the act. Cursing someone is as bad as murder. Christ was not saying these things to make them feel guilty, but simply to demonstrate the superiority of the thought life. Whatever you put in your soul through thought yield everlasting consequences. This makes those consequences either permanent spiritual assets or liabilities. Let's make sure that what we are depositing in our souls are assets and not liabilities by creating a thought life that is healthy. Evil thoughts of hate, envy, jealousy, murder, and so on may not produce much here in the physical realm, but produces everlasting liabilities in your soul dimension. That's the second thing Christ was speaking about in that scripture. What you're thinking is adding to your eternal habitation, so pay attention to it. Now, the best thoughts that exist are selfless thoughts. Christ said that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. But Apostle Paul went further to say we should prefer others to ourselves. Those thoughts of helping others produce great wealth beyond. Now, since thoughts are inspired by actions, good thoughts inevitably lead to good actions. But all this can only be possible with knowledge. You can't do it if you don't know it. So knowledge is the key. In all thy getting, get understanding. Now let me close with this. Jesus was visiting his friend Mary and Martha with their brother Lazarus. Now Martha was a hard-working and caring lady, given to hospitality, while Mary seemed to care more about listening at the feet of the master. At some point of the visit, Martha became irritated by how Mary didn't even seem to be interested in helping out with the serving. Martha then tendered a protest to the Lord, requesting that Christ speak some sense into her sister. However, this is what Christ replied to her in Luke 10, 41 and 42. He said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. According to Christ, knowledge is what is needed more than doing because knowledge makes doing better so choose to spend more time to enrich your soul with knowledge it's great to study the bible but it's equally good to read other things and invest in mentally enriching experiences feed your soul and get those spiritual resources as you get busy with the demands of this busy life May God help us with understanding in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening 
and God bless you. Hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.